Woo, Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. We got some good pod for you today. Our friend Cindy Beal back on the podcast. Yesterday, our friend Mark Mayfield. Man, if you haven't heard that one on Anxiety in Teens, you've really got to listen to it. Dr. Mark Mayfield, he was fantastic. Today's podcast is sponsored by PolicyGenius.com and SaveTheStorks.com. More about them later. Today, we've got Cindy Beal back on the podcast talking about help. I caught my spouse looking at porn. And it is a crisis all over the place. And we are one of the few people that talks about it openly and honestly. And I am so glad Cindy's on the podcast today. Without any further ado, here is Cindy Beal on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Cindy Beal, oh my goodness, thank you so much for coming back on the broadcast. You have our number one and number two most listened to broadcast in the history of Rebel Parenting. We started with you. Number one, it's never left that top position. That's, <laughs> That's crazy. So. It, it says two things. It says how bad pornography is and how many people struggle with it. That's the first thing. So many people struggle with pornography. They're looking for any help they can get. Yeah. The reason your broadcast has endured for over two years is because you give great help. It actually helps couples. It helps because what they say is, I don't want to get divorced. I don't want to go through this. My heart is broken. There's so much pain. Mm-hmm. And you're telling people, you know what? Yeah, you're right. There's so much pain. Mm-hmm. There is. And you don't have to get divorced. You're the first person to come on a broadcast and say, you don't have to get divorced if your husband cheats on you or your wife yeah. cheats on you. You don't have to. You don't have to. You can. Cindy, Thank you. And how is it? How is it going? What's your ministry like? How are you? Are you tired of talking about pornography or is it still one of those things that you just have to keep doing? You know, I'm not going to lie. There are days where it feels a little bit like Groundhog Day. Mm. Um, I don't get shocked anymore. That's just reality. If we're going to be just, I mean, this is a podcast where we're blunt bluntly honest so yes. however this is part of our story uh the story that chris and i have together we're 16 and a half years into this redemptive story from the moment of his confession to today and it is just where we are and we just like being stewards of our finances of our time with our families we feel like we are called to be good stewards of this story mm. and just yesterday, a couple came to our uh, campus at, in Oklahoma City at Life Church, and they were visiting another couple. Well, this couple who attends our campus, we were able to impact them through my books and just being at the campus and being honest. And now mm-hmm. they're pouring into this other couple who came out to meet them. And I got to have some time with this woman. So anyway, it, was just, it just continues to remind me that even though the story is older to me, obviously, it's still fresh for someone else. And so I just, I'm going to try to be faithful to the, to the day I die with, with oh. whatever God gives me. Thank you. Thank you so Amen. much. What a resource. So Cindy, let's dive into it. Yeah. You're talking to the husband of the wife who comes home and either 
they open the laptop and they're shocked because it's there or they see the search and it's there or the spouse says, I have a problem. Right. I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. And all the, all the feelings, I, we've, we keep getting the emails, we keep getting the phone calls, the broken heart, the devastation, the bewilderment, the yeah. just that physical pain. You know, just the fetal position on the floor. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That bomb gets dropped. What are our first steps? Well, I think this is where the strength in the mind has to come in and it's renewing our mind. It's not letting us be ourselves be bombarded with lies. Um, So first thing I would say is this, this is probably going to not, it may bring comfort, but it may also make people mad is you're not alone. Um, you're actually in the majority now of yeah. people who have a spouse who struggles with pornography. Um, wow. so it's not- I want to, I want to say that out loud. I really want to, yeah. I want every single person listening to understand what you just said. And we're not talking 51% in the majority. And once you find out the church, people. once you find out your spouse struggles with pornography, you're now probably in the 70 to 80% of the majority of couples and families and people that find out their partner struggles with pornography. Correct. So it will make a lot of people upset and angry and it should. Also, it might give you a little bit of help and comfort because you're really not alone. As shameful as it sounds, as much as you want to hide it, essentially everywhere you look, that's what you're looking at. Correct. What was once a taboo subject that nobody wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. it's still a bit of a taboo subject. Yeah. More people are talking about it, but at the same time, um, it's becoming, especially in the in the church world, not every church, but more people are talking about it. More pastors yes. are talking about it. And so just know you're not alone. Um, I would say the second thing is it's not your fault. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that is... As a woman, I can't speak to a man um, struck with his wife struggling with porn. But like for me, I felt I mean, the moment I found out it was like, I'm not attractive. He doesn't me. I just began down this path of could I have done more? What did I do wrong in bed? I mean, yeah, just those thoughts are going to bombard you. And Mm. I have known men who have women who have wives who are drop dead, model, gorgeous, like physically perfect almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I've known men whose wives were um, overweight and so both struggle. And then I've also known men who have maybe a wife who's not as physically attractive in the world's eyes and they don't struggle at all. So there's no rhyme or reason. It's just bondage. It's just Mm -hmm. addiction. Mm -hmm. And it will come, Satan will come after whomever he wants to come after. That's exactly right. Yep. Any weakness he can get. Because here's the ultimate goal. Satan's ultimate goal is to destroy marriage. Right. Destroy marriage destroys the family. It destroys kids. It destroys couples. It destroys communities. That's the goal. And so while it might initially seem like you against your spouse, right. it's you and your spouse against the problem of pornography. Yeah. It has to be that way. It's got to be the two of you against this problem, not yeah. you against your spouse. You can't fight each other. You got to fight that evil. Correct. Absolutely. And that's the thing that I try to encourage people is, you know, when you get to the point where you can actually breathe and say, okay, where do we go from here? Um, 
It's, you know, see him as your brother in Christ. See her mm-hmm. as your sister in Christ. And that's so difficult when you're a wife and you're wounded and you're a husband and you're brokenhearted. That's very difficult. But for me, that's really what helped me in our marriage is I had to step aside and I don't want to say quit being a wife, but for a little bit, I quit worrying about him as my, as my husband. And mm-hmm. I thought, how do I impact him as my brother in Christ? How can I help him? How can I encourage him? And that's kind of where we went as a couple. And mm-hmm. I, I believe it really did help. Um, well, it seems what, like with that yeah. kind of perspective, it would give you some space just to allow the struggle to be the struggle mm-hmm. for, yeah. for the other person and not take it so personal. I know for myself or, and my friends that have struggled with this, that it becomes really personal. And so how you're describing it, I love it. That's, it's just de-signifying it and being like, okay, God, you, you be God. I'll, I'll surrender to you and mm-hmm. let's work this out. Me and my brother in Christ. And I think that like, if, if my husband had come to me with alcohol, as his issue or, um, you know, a drug, another drug, a legal drug, I probably wouldn't have thought I'm not sexy enough. I'm not pretty enough, but mm. because pornography is such a personal Identity. thing. I think that is where it sends us over the edge. So mm. as hard as it is, as challenging as it is, I, I just encourage people to see it as another addiction, even though it does affect the marriage bed in that mm. way. Wow, it's so hard. Cindy, you know, when we did the original broadcast, and for those that haven't heard it, um, you know, I'll just repost it. See, you don't have to look for it. I'll repost the broadcast. They're right next to each other. You know, you talked early on about how your pastor, you know, that first Sunday, I think you found out on a Tuesday, and that first Sunday your pastor was like, and Cindy's going to stand with Chris. And you were like, wait, what? I am? Are you you sure? (laughs) Like, you didn't, I'm not sure I'm doing that. Right. That's I, I I was so appreciative that you said that because it was honest. Yeah. It was honest. So be honest as you're trying to, you know, pull back from the wife role and see Chris or a spouse out there looking at their spouse as a broken individual, also the triggers and the anger still does come back. The hurts it's not like you decide, you know, well, I'm gonna see him as the brother in Christ and then your hurt stops. It's still right maybe a minute by minute choice of saying my heart is so broken and I'm fallen too. So I'm yeah. still going to see you as that person, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I do remember, you have a good memory there, Ryan, um, that basically, you know, Pastor Craig preached about that, Pastor Craig Rochelle. And and he wasn't love being Craig. untrue. It was, that was, I think everybody kind of thought, well, she hasn't left, so she's staying. And I think just deep in my heart, I wasn't ready to make that full on decision yet. But, mm-hmm. um, but as far as like, um, just seeing him differently, seeing him with new eyes, my husband, um, yeah, it still hurt the next day or mm-hmm. the next hour. It, of course it still hurt. And I, that's why this whole thing, I mean, as the, I don't want to say victim because I don't like that word, but like as the person who's been betrayed, mm-hmm. um, it is hard to to stand your ground when the enemy is just, I mean, we have a very spiritual battle happening. And just like you said earlier, my husband was not the enemy. Um, he was, a, you know, he was a victim, even though he made his own choices, but mm-hmm. all this stuff was coming in and he was just 
you know, lying there wounded and didn't know how to get up. But all that to say, day by day, mm-hmm. hour by hour, continuing to press in, even after I would make a mistake and then come back in and get mad at him and, and you know, ream him or whatever I was doing. But just a moment of taking those thoughts captive, reminding myself we're in this together yeah. and we're going to fight the good fight. And just like mm-hmm. I was sharing with a woman yesterday, you know, she's not hurting as bad one year out from their D-Day, per, if yeah. you call it that, yeah. as she was three months after it. And so it's important for us to kind of glance back in that rearview mirror occasionally. Mm. Oh, we've made some progress. And so that's yeah. what you to go, okay, I'm making progress. I'm not perfect. I'm making progress. Yeah. So what about, what would you say to the person who's just not making progress and going the other direction? Well, I would, I would ask them, you know, first yeah. of all, do you understand that we all sin? Um, here's what I hear, Laura. Okay. Here's yeah. all the, I hear, well, I would never do that. I would never do that to my spouse. But I, I keep hearing it. And yeah. we we think somehow that our sin is not as bad as their sin. Now, there's oh. greater consequences. If I'm just gossiping every day about my best friend, but my husband's looking at porn, the, the consequences are different. Yeah. If that friend doesn't find out, but it's still sin. It's still ugly. And I think... That's the biggest thing that I hear when people can't seem to work through it. And I don't like the phrase, get over it, because that leads us to think that we're trying to get around it and not deal with it. But like, right. yeah, yeah, get, yeah, get through it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what they, I think the most is people think I would never have done something like that. And let me tell you, your spouse did not wake up and go, I think I'm going to try to break my wife's or my husband's heart today. We yeah, don't yes. do so that's what I would say is, mm. are you willing to see yourself as a sinful person that Jesus died on the cross for as well? Because the last time I checked, Romans said that we all fall short of the glory of God, mm. not mm. just mm. a half a dozen of us or just a few pornographer, look, you know, people who are looking at pornography. We all fall short of the glory of God. Mm. Man, Cindy, that's powerful. It's hard to swallow, but it is powerful. It's true. It yeah, is. I love we, the humility of oh, it. Oh, man. And, you know, it's just looking at everybody as your brother, whether they're homeless or wherever. Yeah. I, I like that view. Well, I think, you know, Laura, that's really important. I think that's, I think that's such, that really is wise. We do, we, we instantly judge people for things that I could never do. I would never do, you know, I have an addictive personality. So could I do that? There's a lot of things I'm sure I could do, but. I definitely have looked down my nose at other people and gone, well, I would never do that. I would, how, how dare they? It's just pride, right? Yeah. It's just my mm-hmm. sinful pride trying to make myself feel better. And again, I'm trying to make myself feel better. Like if this was Laura, it's not. I'm trying to make myself feel better because I'm hurt. And so sure. in my hurt, it's like, I would never do that. You're worse than me. And it's like, no, we're all really bad. Like we're yeah. We all yeah. deserve to go to hell. It's just yeah. right now, I'm really, really hurt. And yeah. I want you to feel the way I feel. I want you to hurt the way I hurt. You hurt me and I'm a human being and this stinks. This right. stinks. Oh, Cindy. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. And it's not your fault. Wow. It's yeah. Another person's sin is never your fault. And here's the truth, man. And I'm, I'm talking to the husband's right. I don't care if your, your wife is holding out on you. And all the things that, that you want to list, like, well, she didn't do this. And yeah. You chose to sin. Is it an addiction? Is it being thrown in your face all the time? Absolutely. That's the other thing that's hard for women to understand is pornography is pushed 
at men all day, Constantly. every day. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, we have. It's uh, pushed at women too. Yeah. I mean, it's just. And I don't understand that, right? Like I don't, it's not, the, the pornography aimed at women isn't aimed at me. Therefore, I don't see it. It doesn't trigger right. me, right? right? But that that side is growing faster and faster and faster. More yeah. and more men are finding out that their spouses struggle with pornography too. Absolutely. Ugh. Definitely not a man's sin anymore. Um, it's never been something that I've struggled with. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I see a good looking man, I, I notice a good looking man. I'm not blind. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm married. I'm just not blind. And, but yes. uh, yeah, so it's out there. It's out there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's, you're not alone. It's not your fault. Yeah. And then wow. do you recommend a third party like, and how, and so let's say there's a couple going, I can't afford that. Like, how do you find, you know, you might go to a pastor and they're like, whoa, totally out of my lane. Never dealt with this before. Sure. Don't have any idea what to do. You don't want to go to the wrong person. You know, how soon do you try to get a third party involved? Yeah. Well, first of all, there's probably, I don't know about every church obviously around, but I would say there's a lot of churches who actually have people within their church, maybe uh, people who are leading small groups or marriage mm -hmm. mentors who can walk them through that. So definitely reach out to your church. And it, mm -hmm. I want to encourage you, it doesn't have to be your senior pastor or the pastor who's leading you. Yeah. It could be a small groups pastor or someone else. It just needs to be someone who can help you get connected to the right people. Hey, now, it didn't have to be a pastor or small group leader at your church. Correct. You go to a total stranger church. <laughs> yeah. You can find some church no one knows you at and just call yeah. up and be like, hey, do you have anybody that helps people with pornography? Yeah. And they'll say, yes, we do. And you go, great. No one knows me there. That's where I'm going. Yes. Right. Totally. And, of course, professional counseling, I highly recommend finding mm -hmm. the right people, uh, the right counselor who can assist in that capacity. Mm -hmm. um, I work closely with a lot of our counselors when I'm referring people to them. And then sometimes they'll have someone say, you know, Cindy, I've been working with this couple. I think they could, she could use a conversation with you. In fact, mm -hmm. I went to a counseling session with one of the, the counselors that we refer people to regularly just to meet with the wife and him. So he could, you know, let me speak into her. And I just was honored to play a part of that. I don't do that often because that takes a lot of time, but yeah. I to do that. So I would say professional counseling is important, um, but not everybody can afford it. Totally understandable. Um, finding a couple that can maybe walk you through this. But if that's not available, let's say you're in some place and it's just hard to find anything nearby. Yeah. There's a lot of great resources out there. There's a lot of great books. I mean, mm -hmm. you could go and search um, helping you know, get through pornography or how mm -hmm. to deal with this. I mean, my books are helpful. Mine goes a little bit more into from just pornography because it was infidelity and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, there are some that are just out there. If, if pornography is as far as it's gotten. And let mm -hmm. me just add this. Um, if you're a man or a woman struggling with pornography, I'm not saying this is 100% sure, but it's a pretty high, high number that it will progress and eventually lead into something physical. Yeah. So be on your guard, get help now, please. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. Hey Rebels, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy. And that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle. And a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her 
carry me all the way to fruition, and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat. Over 6,000 babies have been saved on stork buses. Please support Save the Storks with your prayers and visit SaveTheStorks.com to become a monthly sponsor. Join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life. For more information, visit SaveTheStorks.com. Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? Cindy, you're 100% right on that. My dad was on the Attorney General's Commission to study pornography in the early 80s. And as a clinical psychologist with a PhD from USC, he can attest to the fact that addictions are addictions because they grow. What was uh, stimulating today may not be stimulating tomorrow. And if it's not, you're going to look for more. And that's how addictions grow. And that's why you're saying the sooner you can get help, the better. You know, whether it's your kids or your husband or your wife, the sooner you can get help, the better. Yes. Yep, absolutely. And then the other train of thought um, I wanted to ask about was when someone falls off the wagon, what would be a helpful response of the person of the spouse. Right. Well, yeah. let, can I introduce, introduce this a little bit? We talked about it beforehand. You know, we want to talk a little bit about what happens when you find out for the first time, but in addictions, people quote unquote falling off the wagon or returning to the addiction is very, very high. Relapse. It's relapses are 80 to 90%. Whether it's heroin, alcohol, pornography. Gambling. Gam- gambling's higher. Gambling's the hardest. Yeah. Um, Falling off the wagon is, I hate to say this, what we want is for it to never happen again. We, we got our heart broken, and then you got help, and you're never going to break my heart again. Right. Probably going to get your heart broken again. Yeah. And it can't be the end of the world. It feels like it. It feels like mm-hmm. the end of the world. It feels like you're going back to st- square one. You're not. Yeah. Someone made a mistake. You know. Now, if it's a, a regular, ongoing you know, kind of a thing... We're talking about the mistake. So if you have had some healing and some help and you come home and you find out your spouse has fallen back again, Cindy, how do we not just crumble? How do you not just think, oh, uh, you know, we're going to go through this whole process. You know what I mean? That, that projection down the road. How do we yeah. stay in the moment and not lose our minds? Well, and that happened to me. So even though Chris's confession 16 and a half years ago was like the big one with infidelity. And mm. prior to that, I knew he struggled with some with pornography. I just didn't know to the extent. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, my heart would be broken and, and, and just over, you know, several times that would happen. So I think the biggest thing is we have to be okay with that disappointment. It's, it's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be hurt again. What we do with that is the key. And so people don't want to grieve, believe it or not. They want to just not hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. But when we grieve, it is the doorway to healing. And so for me, when I would find out that he had looked again or he, I would catch him or something, and he would, of course, I'm so sorry. I, I don't want to do this. And, and I would be sad, but then... Mm you know, within a little bit of time, we would just kind of talk through it and we work through and make sure the guidelines were in place and all the different things that he was doing. And it's just hard because yeah. you, 
Yeah. And I'm th- the thought is, well, I apparently wasn't pleasing him good enough, mm. and that's just not that's just not the truth. And I, well, maybe there's a little bit in that in the not the pleasing part, but like I'll probably never meet up to those women on videos because they are doing things. I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but I know it's pretty bad. It's well, pretty I said it this way, Cindy. Out there, it's. I play wiffle ball with my son. I'm not a major league baseball player. That's a professional. And people that act in pornographic movies are doing things that normal people aren't capable, nor they should they try to do. Sure, sure. It's not, it's not a proper thing. Cindy, when you talk about grieving, I hear that a lot, and that it's yeah. okay to grieve. How do we do that? Let's say you know someone right now, they just found out their spouse you know, fell back off the wagon and they've said they're so sorry and they obviously they don't want to do it. They don't want to hurt that person. How can we just really be sad and not say, okay, 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 just move on and, and kind of stuff it down, but really not shame another person, but still have our own time of grief? Yeah. Well, I would just say, let it out. Um, in a, and what I mean by that is if you're a crier, you know, cry. Um, there were There were days where, you know, the the memories or just him falling back, you know, this is obviously years and years ago, but just like it would hurt so deeply mm. and cry. And then you come to that place as you're crying, where you are like, okay, I think I'm done crying for today. <laughs> yeah. And then I would just in the quiet of my heart with, with my heavenly father, I would just say, okay, God, I know you don't waste things. I know you're going to do something. Mm. I want his healing. I want his freedom. And I'm just trusting you. And so for me, it always went back to trusting my heavenly father. Um, You know, he is like Mount Zion. He never changes. He is Mm -hmm. steady and sure. My husband, Mm -hmm. my husband would miss, you know, make mistakes and and fall short. But Mm -hmm. my God was always there. And so that's for me what grieving looks like. It's it's okay to feel it. It's okay to work through it. It's okay to cry it out. I, I don't really, I mean, I'm not a, Counselor, I don't have any initials after my last name. I just have MRS in front of my name. So Mm -hmm. my expertise is in my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I would just say is work really hard not to act out and wound with your words in those heated moments. Mm -hmm. Um, It's okay to tell your spouse, you really hurt me. I'm very disappointed. I don't know how we'll make it through this. But, you know, the wounding, the intention to wound with our words is, is is sometimes hard to come back from. So that's what I would encourage. But, you know, it's just letting yourself feel that. And then for me, and I want to encourage our other reader, listeners, ask God, God, how are you going to do this? How are you going to make this better? How are you going to change my spouse? Mm. I love it. Because you're asking the one that has the real power. You're not yes. telling your spouse, what are you going to do to make our marriage better? What are you going to do to fix our problems? You're asking someone that has the ultimate power, right. Lord, clearly I can't do this. Yeah. What are you going to do for us? Mm-hmm. Mm. I love it. Trusting God, not your spouse. Whew, Cindy, my goodness. <laughs> this is so deep. It is, but it's so important. It's just, it's everywhere. We just keep getting calls about it. I'm thinking yeah. of a couple of, of, a few specific couples right now. I know I've got one in intensive counseling. I've got mother, and I'm just thinking marriage can be so, so amazing. I mean, it can be the life well of so many things, of kids and passing your faith on to the next generation. There's so much good. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. What's been the hardest thing for healing as you, as in your life and in the lives that you've dealt with? Because, I mean, in 16 years, you've worked with so many couples that have gone yeah. through this. What are some of the some of the things you're like, well, you can probably expect this, you know, are there general things you're like, well, this is probably going to be an area that you'll struggle in. Here's some things. Yeah. Well, I've kind of touched on, you know, feeling the pain, mm. grieving that. I've touched a little bit on forgiveness. You know, we're all, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Touched a bit on trust. You know, for me, when I couldn't trust my husband, yeah. there's only one fully capable of handling trust, and that's our God, yeah. uh, and being trustworthy. In fact, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Never says trust in your spouse or your mother or your great father <laughs> or your <laughs> best friend. It just yeah. says the Lord. So for me, my ultimate trust is in my heavenly father. But I would say the, probably the thing that people come back to me the most on is I was doing good. We, we were making some progress and then I saw something and boom, I was right back there. And I call yeah. them, tri- we call them triggers, you know, yep. just, we all have triggers in our lives that take us back to something. Um, you guys have battled things in your life mm-hmm. and sure. something and you're like, Oh, that takes me back to that. Um, yeah. yeah. So triggers, I would say, is is the biggest thing that people come to me for. And they really want to know, like the woman asked me at church yesterday, she said, does it still hurt you? And I said, it hasn't for years. Really? And she was so comforted by that. Oh. Um, triggers to me now are more positive. Um I don't really have, and they remind me of the work God has done. Again, I'm a long way from our, we've been on this journey a long time. But I would say that, again, it's kind of back to grieving. When I would have those triggers in those moments that somebody would say something or it would just take me back to a day and I would like, oh, wow, that hurts. And I would Mm -hmm. feel it. I would say, okay, God, it hurts right now. I would feel it. Just like I told you earlier, I would feel it. I would grieve it. And then I would say, God, you're working something out. You're doing a mighty thing. You're using a story and I trust you. Mm. And there's just this kind of a flight above those dark clouds. And I just somehow get up there and I just, it's a continual conversation with your heavenly father. Mm. And sadly, we only seem to do that when things are hard. Um, <laughs> but that way. <laughs> we've totally. got, it just needs to be our way of life if we mm. call ourselves Christ followers. Not, not not judgment there, but just like even now when I, I'm in a pretty good place in my life and when I'm just sitting quietly with the Father, sometimes I'll just say, what do you want to say to me today, God? Mm-hmm. Listen, just sit. And then, you know, but triggers, I would say, are the biggest thing. I'll tell you what, Cindy, we got the most comments about that in the book, that uh, spouses and people were like, Oh, thank you. Because I do get triggered. I feel so guilty about it. And and I, I, I want to lash out, you know, those kinds of things. Okay. So here's what I want to know. When you get triggered, let's talk to the spouse. Like things are going well, Chris has been good for a while and a trigger hits and you're just so hurt and you're so mad and you're so angry. How can Chris handle that situation best to move, move beyond that trigger, right? To calm that trigger down, to put a little cold water on it, whatever that means. Right, right, right. Put the fire out a little bit, yeah, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
for in the early days when it was regular, regular, like daily, um, I would tell him, and I wrote about it, but I would tell him, hey, when you see me emotional, when you see me sad, mm-hmm. uh, I just need you to come up. I just need you to hug me. I just need you to say, I'm sorry, and I never meant to hurt you, and I love you. And that's oh, it. Nice. I don't need you to say, I'll be better. Yeah. And I'm, I'm never going to do this again because, honestly, I don't trust you, so yep. don't, yeah. don't say that. So those were the things that I would say to him. Um, that's important, would, though. It, that's really it important. Don't say you're never going to do it again because the trust isn't there. It's yeah. not. It, that trust yeah. takes time. You know, yeah. give it time, 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 so you can say, look, it's been six months. It's been a, whatever that, that is, you know, but the trust, you haven't built it back yet. And it's okay to not trust your spouse for a while. That's okay. Right. It's okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. It just, I mean, you trust your God. I mean, mm-hmm. ultimately. And I tell people all the time when I see the Holy Spirit in my husband working, um, I mean, my husband has the Holy Spirit, but sometimes he doesn't live by the Spirit, just like as mm-hmm. all humans, we don't. We don't. All, sometimes we gratify the flesh. Yeah. But See him walking in the spirit, man. It's easy to trust him. Mm. Yes. Hmm. You know what? That you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because in a way that is about doing, but it's also a way of being. If he's in the spirit, there's a way of being. But to be in the spirit, there's also a doing. There's a practice. Yeah. There's a prayer. There's a scripture. There is those things. Mm. It's denying the flesh. I mean, yeah. we we either will we will either give life to mm. the flesh. Or give life to the spirit. What are we feeding? We're feeding yeah. some. Two so. choices. Mm. Cindy, we believe in uh, unearned love and undeserved love, giving undeserved love, giving unearned love. We also believe that was respect as well. How do you respect? How did you respect Chris? How did you show him respect, you know, in front of your kids when you're mad, in front of his coworkers when, you know, how do you yeah. do that when... The whole world says he didn't earn it. He didn't earn it. Yeah. And that's true, but we don't believe that. Choice. It's, choice. It's, Good for you. It's just choice. No and, victim. I mean, I don't feel like doing a lot of things every day, but hmm. I choose to do it. So I homeschool our kids. I only have one left to homeschool. He's a, about to be a freshman. And I, you know, he, he'll say things like, I don't really feel like mowing the yard or I don't really feel like doing any schoolwork. Yeah. Well, I don't really feel like homeschooling you today or mm-hmm. I don't feel like doing this or I don't really feel like making dinner again. I've been making dinner for our family for 25 years. I'm kind of, I don't want to do that. I think I'm tired of it. I'm kind of tired. So I told, first of all, say I totally get the empty nesters eating out all the time. I get it. I'm right there. I'm totally like telling Chris, hey, we're eating out like four days a week. When You're awesome, gone. Cindy. Love I love it. you. <laughs> Yep. That's rad. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? To me, it's yeah. choice. I mean, we yes. our feelings are valid. Our feelings are, they have a place. And they often, they can be good in urging us to reach out to that friend that we just have on our heart. And there's something about it. We got to do it. And we reach out and that friend needed us too. Yeah. But if we're always being dictated and our lives are being by these feelings and well, I just don't feel in love with my husband anymore. Yeah. When did, right. when did that yeah. ever come into play with your vows? I just want to slap people sometimes. Mm. Yeah. So. When the feelings getting elevated. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I so, always say to Lincoln, so, Lincoln, you know, you know what, buddy, I don't, I don't really care how you feel. I, I care more about your character. He's yeah. like, mom, yeah. if you say that one more time. 
We have a good question uh, from someone online, Cindy. Um, the difficult part says, um, try not to be harsh with a spouse. Let's see. Exactly. So the question to the spouse is, are you really sorry or are you just sorry you got caught? Yeah. So I want you to answer it and then I'll answer it my way because I'm going to answer it honestly. So yeah. that's a, it's a, it's, that definitely is an easy, natural thought process of are you really sorry or are you just sorry you got caught and now there's consequences for you getting caught because that's a little bit different. Yeah, it is different. And I think you'll know, for me, when I think someone is truly repentant over what they have done, they they just come to this. I mean, most of the time they're going to go to a place of shame. They just are. It's yeah. just kind of part of the process. Mm. Um, you know, God doesn't want them to live in shame, but, but that's, you know, yeah. it just yeah. just happens. But I would say that usually they are just truly sorry and brokenhearted and it just kind of, they stay there and I can't believe I've done this. Other times the I'm sorry I got caught is how is this going to affect me? Mm -hmm. But the I'm truly sorry, in my opinion, is how is this affecting you, my spouse? Right. So that's, that's kind of how I see the difference. Mm -hmm. When someone's just sorry they got caught, they're 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 sorry about the inconvenience. They're sorry that maybe, um, you know, something didn't go well with them in their career. I mean, if let's say it's a pastor, for example, there's right. a lot of right. You know, we have a lot of moral failures in, in ministry, and so let's say someone is wanting to do something, and they're like, well, I I guess I'm not going to be that anymore. But they're not concerned about how they broke their spouse's sure, heart sure. or what. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. yes, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, if someone is asking me. Are you really sorry or are you sorry you got caught? You know what my answer is? Mm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm, what's the percentage? I don't know, but I, for sure I'm sorry I got caught. Yeah, of course yeah. I don't want to get caught. Now, we find sure. spouses all the time that are trying to get caught. I mean, you see that. You know, you sure. see the alcohol receipt the left in the car and, you know, the empty bottle, that kind of thing. So, by the way, and if that's going on, they want to get caught. They want to get caught because they want help. They want help because right. there's the Holy Spirit somewhere deep down inside of them. Absolutely. All of us are sorry we get caught. How sorry are we really? Well, that'll take time to figure out, and you'll figure it out. Are they concerned about you or themselves? You know, yeah. yes, absolutely. But if the Holy Spirit is there over time, the real repentance can take place. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. It seems like, Cindy, that there's just not one cut an answer like one answer right. do it this way you know it just seems like it's a journey for everybody and i don't want to exclude people or let that let people use that as a vic as a reason to not get help but do you as you've been in this and talking with people do you notice that yeah mm. yeah it's hard because i think people want to abc yeah and they they want to like for example I get emails from my website regularly and I'm not able to respond because I, I do have a lot. And most of the questions are the same. And I yeah. want to say, I want to say, um, did you read my chapter on forgiveness? Mm. Yeah. Because I, I kind of wrote about it and I, I say it kind of joking, but like genuinely I, yeah. they've asked a question that I directly addressed and what I've figured out, they just want a personal touch from someone yeah. and they just want to know that you hear them. So, um, 
but here's what I would say. I do, when I see couples who are both all in, whether you were betrayed or you were the betrayer, Mm -hmm. when you're all in, you will lay it all down. You will do whatever in the world it takes to make your marriage work. Those are the couples that, that get through it quicker. Yeah, they get through it quicker. Um, And notice I said through it. They didn't go around it. They didn't try to hop over it. They didn't hurdle it. Mm -hmm. They went through it. They felt the pain. They grieved. And then they trusted God to rebuild something that only he can rebuild. Mm. To every one of those couples out there that are all in, that are sticking with it, that are not listening to your friends saying that you should leave and you're not a real woman if you don't stand up. All All the naysayers out there, all the people saying that you have to get divorced, all the couples that are sticking with it. All the ones with the fierce love, Shanna Shanks, we're talking to you too. Every one of you out there, man, we are so proud of you. We are in this fight with you. We are praying for you and the Lord is shining down upon you. Yeah. Cindy? Thank you. I've been waiting for this for so long. Thank you so much for coming back on. You guys are some of my favorite people to talk to. And I just wish that we talked more because every time we're on the these interviews, I'm like, well, let's go have dinner. But you live in Colorado and clearly, you know, I'm hey. not there. So. Well, we'll come out to you and you can take us out to dinner. <laughs> I'd love to go out to dinner. I would love I'm to take you out. cooking, trying Awesome. To. <laughs> we'll do it. We're coming to Oklahoma. We come see you. We love Craig Rochelle. We love LifeChurch.tv. Thank you so much for all the ministry that you guys are doing. And really for helping this monumental problem we just we love you you, cindy thank you thanks guys appreciate you so much absolutely god bless thanks so much for listening rebels thanks to cindy beal for being on the podcast today if you'd like to check her book out it's called rebuilding a marriage better than new highly recommend that also thanks to the voice of the martyrs helping those being persecuted for our gospel for more than 50 years persecution.com is their website and again thanks to savethestorks.com and policygenius.com we love you rebels we'll see you soon rebel parenting is produced by rebel media house and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting and everyone does you can find it at rebelparenting.org sign up for the rebel update by texting the word rebel to 444999 That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.